You're listening to RTI Audio, powered by Rocky Top Insider. This is Pancakes and Bacon with VFL, Tyler Kerbison, and Reed Bacon. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Pancakes and Bacon. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Curvison. Join us, Reed Bacon. We have an awesome podcast today. We are talking about Emmanuel Okoye. I'm not even sure how to say it. I'll figure it out eventually. But he's a new commit for us in the 2023 class defensive end from across the pond. Uh, so we talk about him and his potential and everything that he might bring to the table. We also have a big orange juice. I tell a story that actually happened to me of a teammate stealing some electronics from me and eventually getting it back. Uh, but fun story. Uh, have a great time. Before we jump into that, uh, if you guys are watching, please like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. If you're just listening, rate and review, download, redownload, and follow us on all those uh, listening platforms. Also follow us on social media at Pancakes and Bacon on Twitter for our main account at Pancakes and Bacon underscore RTI on Instagram. Um, and then if you want to follow Reed, it is at rbacon26 on Twitter for him, uh, at Kyler Kerbison for myself on all social medias. So you can find me there. Um, but yeah, let's jump into this great pod. All right. Welcome in, everybody. Got a great podcast today. Um, I can say it's great because I have a fantastic story at the end, uh, part of our Big Orange Juice. Before we do that, we're going to be talking about Emmanuel, the new commit from overseas and what he can bring to this 2023 class. But first, before we get into any of that, Reed, how are we doing, bud? Hello, Kyler. <laughs> Hello, Bobbit. Hello, Kyler. You sound like you're from London. <laughs> Is that where Manuel's from? Manuel's from? No, well, he's from he's from Africa, but no, I know football I know, program. I know he's from Africa, but I'm saying is he he's in London, England right now at the NFL Academy. Yeah, because that's where that program is. Yeah. You sound like y'all from London. <laughs> that scene in, in Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one, and he he goes up to her and he's like, she's like, parlay, parlay. He's like, parlay. It's so, I, it gets me every time. Those are those are good movies. I don't even see him on here because I've pulled him up. Obviously, I've already watched all his stuff. But oh yeah, I see him. I see him. I see him. I'm gonna tell you this. The nice thing about this is that he's not a year away. Like when we, it's it's very yeah. weird. yes. The fact that he declared for the 23 class instead of 24 is so much more exciting. Like oh, he'll be here in a month. Right. That's what I was about to say. When we go when we go over there in a couple months. We're going to get to see him, and yeah. so it's it just changes the game when we usually you know have to talk about somebody. Yeah, I know. I'm excited. How's your uh, How's your weekend been? Not too bad. Not too shabby. Uh, just doing chores. I've been I've been going I've been going in today. I got I've got a lot of stuff done today, uh, and that always that always feels good yeah. when you, you you know check some things off. Um, but you know. Shit happens sometimes. I got I got text from uh, a couple of people because I'm in 
construction. I'm a project manager. I got a text from homeowners today that was uh, their filtration system for their water, which is in their garage. Uh, one of the valves got left open because I had plumbers there um, Saturday morning to redo their water heater. And it goes, comes down from the road, goes to the water heater, goes to the filtration system. They forgot to close the valve on the filtration system, got their garage wet, you know, hit an outlet, got the wall, all that kind of stuff. So that was a nice uh, stressor in the middle of the day today. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we got it taken care of. It's going to be all right. We're going to fix everything. No problems. I trust you, Kyler. I've been working with Kyler for 20-something years. They've <laughs> never done me wrong yet. Hey, listen, I can't I can't promise there won't be mistakes, but I can promise they will be fixed. There you go. And that's my motto, Kyler Kerbson, 2023 for press. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, what about you? Yeah, good weekends. What I do on Friday, 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 Friday. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Hold on now. <laughs> Hold on now. Golf talk is back, boys. We are so back. So your boy. Love that. I've Speaking been a of, little, Yeah, I know. I saw little copperhead. Yeah, I saw that. It's, it's weird seeing you with a hat forward, but it's nice. Sometimes I get tired of the backwards hat. Like, let me see your let me see your beautiful hair. Turn it forward. Well, the only reason I usually do it is so the light hits my face nice. But I still look I still look good, so it's all right. Oh, you look great. You look great. <laughs> So, as you know, I've been a member, or my family has been members my basically my whole life at Holston. Technically, I was the member when I was younger because when I was like in second or third grade, they got me a little junior golf membership, and that goes until you're 18. So, when I went off to Memphis, they dropped that one, and then we just joined back as a family. Well, you know, um, I technically have been up there playing, you know, on my parents, and that's supposed to be over when you're like, I don't know, 28, 29, and really <laughs> – they didn't really say much to your boy. They were great. You know, we've been, I mean, seriously, our family, between myself, my parents, and my grandparents, we've been members up there since like the 50s or 60s. Mm -hmm. But uh, so your, your boy finally had to buckle down and get his own membership. So oh, I, big boy. Yeah. So I signed up and became a member uh, officially this uh, Wednesday. And so I wanted to play golf before, right? I mean, it is wild. They have been setting up for this Knoxville Open for weeks already. It starts. Well, Monday, they'll have practice round, Tuesday, practice round, Wednesday, Pro-Am, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. You know, playing. But they have legit, like, today, it's basically all set up. I mean, but for two weeks now, they have been putting tents up, putting all the grandstands and all that stuff. So, they've been doing a lot. So, they closed the course for members. The last tee time you can get was 12 o'clock on yesterday on Saturday. And I knew it was going to be busy, and the weather wasn't looking great, so – I talked my dad into taking off work on Friday. I said, let's go out on Friday and play. And that was my second 18 holes of the year. I play, I had played, I played 18 holes a couple months ago or a couple, yeah, about a month ago in Memphis uh, with my guys there. And then I did nine holes at the week course a couple weeks ago with my dad. And then we went to Holston on Friday. Did you get your ass beat? <laughs> no, I played. It was funny when we played nine holes in the week horse, my dad did beat me a couple weeks ago, but on Friday, your boy was wearing him out. And it was, it was, I felt great. First off, the back has been feeling great. <laughs> we, we recovered. Yeah. So the back has been feeling great, but I just felt so in tune. I felt so relaxed. It was, I don't know how it was in Nashville, but this weather here in Knoxville 
was gore. It's gorgeous today on Sunday, but it was gorgeous on Friday. And so it was so freaking relaxed, but we teed off like 11:20. a group in front of us played Brooks Kepka fast. I mean, there was four of them in front of us and they, they were leaving us in the dust. They were good golfers too, but no one behind us. So it was a nice pace and I played well, I played really, really well. So the front night I played, played pretty damn good for my first, you know, my second 18 of the year, first 18 in Holston. Yeah. And, uh, and then I played a little bit better on the back. I lost a little bit of steam, but uh, overall I was very happy. Um, I just felt really good with the swing and stuff. It felt good to be out there. Um, Saturday hung out with, with Megan and uh, she, she and I just grabbed dinner, hung out. Did you notice by any chance, have you been on your Hulu lately? What what do you what do you what do you mean? You haven't been watching your Hulu lately? No. Okay. So I was logged I logged into your Hulu last night. <laughs> no. So luckily, uh I don't watch Hulu very much, so my profile doesn't have much to it. So um, I you know, but I've told you between George and I, I have Paramount Plus and HBO Max. George has Amazon Prime and Netflix. But when the old Predator movie came out a couple months back, I found out you had Hulu, and I said, "Will you send that to me?" And he said, "Yes." Yeah, sure. yeah. So I watched the Predator movie. I haven't used your Hulu since then, but the but new White Men Can't Jump with Jack Harlow came out, which I love the original, and I love Jack Harlow, so I wanted to watch it. So it was hilarious last night. We were watching Megan and I were watching that, and I signed it to your Hulu that you probably forgot you gave us. And then uh, today, just went to Mass, and then went to First Watch. Got my little coffee cup from first watch. No, uh, Megan, so Megan and I went, but uh, but yeah, so it's been a good weekend. No no complaints. All right, well, let's jump into the pod. Let's talk about Emmanuel, what he's got going on. I'll uh, let me let me go ahead and give the breakdown, and then you can you can break down the film. Yeah, I know you want to do the offer list. Okay, we got a big Emmanuel. Keyword big six five two thirty. Uh, Tennessee, Texas Tech, USC, Trojans. So I would say SC Trojans. Uh, <laughs> then we got Vanderbilt, Boston College, Cal, Colorado, Duke, two-time defending national championship Georgia offered him. Uh, and then you got some smaller schools. Then you got Nebraska, Ole Miss, uh, and some other smaller schools. So, I mean, you got Tennessee, you got Georgia, you got USC. That's that's a nice list to pick from. Georgia didn't even make his – final i'm not sure why maybe they didn't pursue him super hard i mean he uh, probably didn't get a lot of love whenever he went on a visit or something like that who knows right right so anyways um like i said the most most the, what i'm most excited about for him um without talking about him as a prospect yet is the fact that he is coming in this year that that's what personally is exciting me because it's like okay i don't have to yeah. wait nine million years to to see something uh, yeah. on the practice field Go ahead and tell me what you think about Emmanuel and his film and as a player. Listen, I Emmanuel's know. got a great body. He's 6'5", 230. He's a big old boy, uh, which is awesome. You know, there have also been some stats out there of, like, his measurables, which is, like, apparently 7'2 wingspan. Um, he's a 45-inch vert and 135-inch broad. Like, that's freakish stuff. You watch him when he's playing basketball and you see that freak athleticism and everything that goes into it. Watching him play football, he has no 
understanding of technique or how to do what um, his, I would say his best thing on the field is the fact that he used to, he played basketball growing up. He was always a basketball player. So the, you know, juking out of someone on the football field can go to, can cross over to crossovers on the basketball field or on the basketball court. Like if he is familiar with how to cross someone over, he is familiar with how to juke someone out, i.e. defensive end, making offensive tackle look silly. So that part I could possibly see. There was one play that I saw where he actually did a little bit of head, head shimmy and a chop. Um, so there is promise. He is an absolute project. That is what he is. He's, he's played football for two years. Um, so doesn't really understand everything that goes into it. My saving grace and what makes me feel good about him coming in one Rodney Garner, Rodney Garner is one of the best defensive line coaches. Um, in the country. And I really do think that he can take Emmanuel and push him in the right direction and push him to what we need. Also, just like Rodney and Tim being on the same page and knowing the skill set of Emmanuel, even if it is second, third year, hey, this guy doesn't quite get this play, doesn't quite understand this blitz, doesn't quite know what to do on this. Let's make it to where all we have to tell them is rush that tackle and go get the ball. Um, Cause that can be very valuable, especially a third and long situation. If you get him a really good as a really good rusher and you have a blitz set up to where it's like, we're not working off of you. We just want you one-on-one with the tackle. Then maybe you can actually like have him flourish. Um, so it's just about how you use him. And then two, what makes me feel good. <laughs> is there is another athletic freak at the exact same position in this class in Jadavion Bradley. Talk about the great situation for Emmanuel. He comes in, he has another guy playing his exact same position who is a freak but knows how to use that ability. He should latch on to Jadavion and they should be close two peas in a pod throughout their entire time at Tennessee. They should be, Hey, I'm on the left. You're on the right. Let's go meet at the quarterback. Everything that can help Emmanuel So, so much. I kind of look back onto a Kurt Majit and an AJ Johnson relationship. Those guys are so close to this day because when they first came in, they saw each other as the two alphas on the defense of our freshman year. And we're like, we're staying next to each other. We're working with each other. We're outworking each other. Um, and I think it helped both of them grow throughout their time and grow after. So if he can kind of latch on to both of those things, I think Emmanuel can actually do stuff on the field. It's just going to take time. This is not, hey, you're starting this year. Hey, you're going to get playing. He probably won't see the field this first year. He is most likely going to redshirt. That's exactly what I would do if I was a coach. But I'm still – it's nice to have an athlete that I think can grow into what he wants. 
We just don't want a scenario like a Jakob Johnson who came in when I was there and poor Jakob, the coaches didn't know what to do with him. They didn't know where to put him. They didn't know if he was a tight end, a fullback, a linebacker. He would just came in as an athlete. Um, he spent one year in Florida, I think. Before, you know, he came over from Germany, spent a year in Florida in high school, and then was there. Um, and I just felt like they kind of missed out on Jakob and like using him to his full ability because now he's a starting fullback in the NFL. Uh, so it's just like I have more faith in this coaching staff than maybe the Butch staff that first year that Jakob was here. So it does make me feel a bit better this time around. Yeah, project, project, project. Um, I agree, definitely going to be a red shirt. Uh, I would be shocked, literally jaw on the floor shocked if I saw him play this year. I mean, he's already behind the eight ball when he's coming in. Hell, I'm yeah. going to be. I'm going to be a little surprised if I even see him play next year. Um, this is a thousand percent one of these NBA draft picks that it's in the first round. And you're like, well, what the hell? You just had, you know, you just had a, uh, you know, you got a Grant Williams who's, a, you know, it's easy to give this example because he's a Tennessee guy and you got a Grant Williams. He's like a two-time All-SEC player. Mm-hmm. you know, fabulous college player, and he goes, like, in the teens, and then you hear of some random guy from overseas, and they're like, what the hell? Like, And we're all like, who the hell is this guy? And it's like, well, because they're taking him before Grant because this guy could be Giannis or this, yeah. guy, could be, or this guy could be out of the league in three years, but we can't take a chance of not taking him, and he does become the next Giannis compared to we take him and he's playing back overseas in three or four years. So that's all this is. Yeah. Um, you know, Kyler, he's a four star. I, I don't I, I wish they'd not put that on the kid and make him a four star because his play is not representative of that at all. I mean his I mean, they, they made him a four star just off his athleticism. That's kind of crazy. It's it's pretty shitty, honestly. It's not even fair to him because yeah. it's, he shouldn't have to live up to that. I mean he should literally be a two star based on like some of his film, maybe even well actually he's pro- based on his film, he's probably a zero star, but um but athletically wise I'm going to tell you, my favorite thing I saw on his highlight tape, because there wasn't much there, but still, even though that sounded bad, my whether there was more on there or not, my favorite thing is that it shows that he's running down on kickoff and making two tackles, because that's yeah. his way, That's going to be his way to get on the field um, early, and it might be his only chance of getting on the field at all if the other stuff doesn't catch if, – if the football and the hands and the technique and the knowledge never catches up with his body – the one thing that you can do is say, hey, go down on kickoff and make a tackle. Hey, go down on punt, make a tackle. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, you know, like I said, there's these coaches, you know, Georgia, USC, Tennessee, multiple other places see something in him, and it's that flyer like, hey, we're in a good spot. Like, let's take a chance on this kid. And you never know, in three, four years, he could be getting drafted in the first, second round of the NFL draft because he's – at that point, he's still raw. But we just saw Byron Young, who's a stud – and in our opinion, he's probably still a little raw, and he just went in the third round. Yeah. So, so um, I get why they did it. Uh, I hope nothing but but the best for for this kid. It's a great opportunity for him. This reminded me of someone I played with at Memphis, uh, Martin Affetti. He actually came in with me, uh, or he came in with our our freshman class. He was not a scholarship guy. He was um, he came from Houston, but I, I forget where he was originally from, and I'm pretty sure. It was his brother, if not his brother, it was his cousin who ended up going and playing left tackle 
at Texas A&M and then got a little bit of time in the in the NFL. But Martin came in. Martin was like 6'3", so not as tall as Emmanuel. And he was – Martin was probably 6'3", probably 240, 250 our freshman year. And he redshirted at Memphis. And I remember, like, he was always a good practice player, nice kid, hard worker. Mm-hmm. But no one – it was kind of like, you know how it is. You come in and there's these other guys that are more highly touted and are more highly recruited. You think they're going to be better. And everyone's just kind of like, yeah, Martin, whatever. And then you fast forward three years – and those other guys are not on the team anymore, whether they quit or transferred away or they're just not playing, so whatever. And then Martin's playing as a redshirt freshman, a redshirt sophomore, and then he's one of the better defensive linemen your junior and senior year, redshirt junior and senior year. And he actually even got a shot in the NFL. Now, he put on weight. He went from probably 240 to 275. Yeah. Because I remember, like, being around him in person, and Martin had a great frame. And like I said, he's 6'3", so obviously Emmanuel's got an unbelievable frame. Um, and so th- there's cases like that where, it, but it, it really could be 20, 25 before you really ever like, oh, okay. Like he's in the rotation now, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it just depends on how, how his, I don't, I don't want to say how hard he works. Cause I think this kid will work really hard, but it's, it's all how he picks up the game of football and like how his body starts to translate, you know, the baby deer right now kind of all over the place, you know, can he lock that in? And, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, but it's all potential and it's all product and it's, um, you know, and maybe I'll have a different story when I go to practice and I see him and I'm like, Hey, you know what? Like he's already put it together a little bit better than what I saw on, on a YouTube film because plus that talent that he's playing against over there was horrendous. I mean, it was, yeah, I mean, it's the only P- it's only people that are like, sure, I'll play football. Like, no one wants to play football over there. Everybody wants to play basketball or soccer or rugby or, like, anything else. No, Nobody wants to play American football. Right. Right. And I'll be honest, I'm sitting here watching it again. Like, our – I mean, these kids are high schoolers. I mean, they're NFL Academy. But, like, I'm not kidding. Our Catholic varsity team would – have murdered these kids and then i'm pretty sure our j like a jv team from catholic when we were there would have beaten them i mean i i I totally believe i i think my freshman year high school team could have beaten them honestly yeah you guys were you guys did have a great uh incoming class yeah and it's not a knock on them it's just this is not what they play over there but you know just watching it um yeah and so this is all potential this is nba he's an nba guy pick i mean it's potential see what happens and all that but um you know take take what you can get you know take if if, if the coaches believe in him take it and see see what happens because it could it could turn out and be really great so uh um, yeah. but i i think we'll have a little bit more to report maybe after we see him in in practice because we're going to be like hey you know what we were right we'll see in a couple of years or we were wrong it might only be a year for, for this guy. Yeah, maybe he soaks things up like really quick and exactly. is able to exactly exactly show some stuff. But um all right. A big orange juice. Um so this one's a great one. This one actually happened to me. So uh it is a very cool story. Reed has already heard it before, so nothing new to him. But um so let's paint the scene. I am living in Gibbs. It is my freshman year. Uh, I live with Alan Carson, a defensive lineman. Uh, Me and Alan live on 
The second floor, uh, we're in a dorm that's very close to the stairs that are very close to the football complex. So we always go down the stairs and then go out. We never go back to the elevator. It's no point. And a lot of people pass by our room because they also live on the second floor or wherever. And they pass by our room and go down the stairs and then go out that way. So um, stupidly and very 18-year-old decision, me and Alan are like, I hate getting out my keys and locking this door every time. So we'd leave a window unlocked that was right next to the door. So you just slide the window and open the door from the inside. Uh, so we're doing this for a while. And I should have been more skeptical, but I'm sitting at my desk one day. Alan's over at his desk. And we're doing random stuff. And a fellow teammate of mine, Cameron Clear, comes into the window pushes it open and looks in and just has a smile on his face. And I'm like, what are you doing, dude? And he just was like, makes a joke and leaves. Um, and I thought, okay, that was weird. Uh, like he was trying to be funny. Didn't think it was a bad thing um, because it's my teammate. So uh, come a week, week and a half later, I get back to my room and my iPod Touch, which I had at that time, is missing. Uh, that was pretty much my cell phone at that point. That's what I used it for. I had games on there, you know, would watch YouTube on there, like literally use it all the time. Uh, and I'm like, what in the hell's going on? What, where the hell did that thing go? So, Apple location, yeah, that was going on then, 2011, way back. Uh, I get that. And I start, I start doing it. I see it moving down the street between the Thornton Center and Gibbs. I see it moving on the map. I'm like, oh, so someone definitely has it, and they're walking around with it. Uh, I then wait a little while, look back, and it is at a stopping point inside the building of Gibbs. <laughs> <laughs> on the back side towards the street. It is literally just sitting there. Inside the building of Gibbs. So there's five stories. So I've got five rooms that I could choose from. And I don't know which what, what room it is. So I tell my buddy Mac Crowder, who is another offensive line with me, and Antonio Richardson, who's another offensive lineman. I said, listen, somebody in Gibbs has my iPod Touch. They stole it out of my room. I want some backup as we go look for this. They're, say less. They're with me all the way. So we start at the top, work our way down. Um, on the fifth floor, uh, guy's like, no, nah, it's not me. It's just some random dude who's living on the fifth floor. And he's like, no, nope, I have no idea. Go down to the fourth floor, knock on that door. And who opens but Cameron Clear? <laughs> he opens the door. It's just like, what's up? What's going on? And I go on to explain, so... We are looking for my iPod Touch. I've used Apple ID Locator. It is in this section of the building in one of these rooms. I'm not going to say it's your room, but all I want, all I want is my iPod Touch back. And that's it. <laughs> I won't say a word, but that's all I want is to have my iPod Touch back. <laughs> 
And it was like, and then, and then uh, Antonio was like, you sure you haven't seen it? He's like, no. And then we were all like, all right, well, if you see anything, let us know. (laughs) (laughs) So we leave Cameron's room and don't check another room throughout the entire place because all three of us were like, he fucking stole it for sure. I'm like, all right, I'm going to give him his chance. About two to three days later, that iPod touch is sitting on my desk right inside that window. (laughs) So uh, moving forward, me and Alan Carson locked the window and used our keys to get inside. And Cameron Clear got kicked off the team for stealing laptops (laughs) six months later. Oh, God. Uh, But I guess that was the naivete of guy coming from Catholic high school in Knoxville and trusting his teammates a little too much and thinking, why would they do that to me? I'm his teammate, but I got my iPod touchback. So I'm good. I'm happy. Um, but yeah, it was pretty, pretty hilarious that he got kicked off the team a little bit later. Uh, that mugshot shut up on WAT. Felony, felony theft charges. I do love this story. It's very, very funny. So, and you, you probably said it earlier and I was still reading something on the iPod about a manual. Uh, you did the find your iPod on your phone. Yeah. So I think I, I think I did it on someone else's laptop or I did it on my phone, but I can't remember because actually I did it on Mac's phone because I had an Android at the time. So I did it on Mac's phone and found mine. So you did it on Max. So he had an iPhone, but what did you have to plug in? Like your Apple ID? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so you just put in Apple ID and then you say where it finds it or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So let me, let me ask you this. So first off, you have music on there. You'd use it for videos, games, stuff like that. Do we think Cameron would have enjoyed any of the games or even the music that was on there? Well, I mean, I definitely had like rap music on there, but. I don't think Cameron was trying to use it for that. So you think you think you think Cameron wanted to sell it, or do you think he wanted? Huh? I think he wanted to wash that thing and sell it for a quick hundred. That's what okay. I think. Okay, 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 okay. Now let me let me ask you this. Now I had I lived at Lake Plaza when I moved back from Memphis and uh, was over on campus. I lived at Lake Plaza for a year, and you could get into our room with just a credit card. Uh, we could lock the door. But if we didn't lock the bolt lock, then all you had to do is go credit card or student ID, open the door, you could walk in. So, so ours was a little less bad. We would tell people like, hey, if you need to get in, you can get in that way. But I would yeah. tell only buddies that needed to get in. But let me ask you this. So you would rather window up, reach around and unlock than just take key and unlock. Because not the action of it, but I'm assuming because your key was always in a bag or like somewhere else yeah so key was always in a bag or a pocket or a something getting it out fuddling through it putting it in trying to unlock it the door was also kind of fidgety with the lock okay okay and the window didn't go up and down it slid sideways uh, okay okay so it was soup, reach hand unlock like it was so easy to do and this door was here and the window's literally right here yeah and it went into someone's bedroom 
it went so the window went right to where my desk was. My desk was right in front of the window. Like you could reach your hand out and basically touch outside the apartment. Yes. Yeah. Okay. If I was sitting at the desk, I reach forward, open that window, and reach out into the like passing outside. So one day you're just sitting there doing something at your desk and I'm the like window. looking through, looking at my drawers, looking around. I'm like, where is my where is that? Did no, but but what I'm saying is one day you're sitting there just like I'm sitting at this desk. And the window opens and you just see this big head come down and like smile at you and you see it's Cameron and you're like, oh, hey, and he says something funny. Yeah. So therefore, meaning all he had to do was walk back. He didn't even have to enter your apartment. He just slid the window, grabbed it off the desk and kept walking. He could. I kept it in the drawer, but he could have probably reached it without actually stepping inside the apartment. Yeah. I've always thought this one was funny because Cam was a was a big-time recruit. I mean, he was a four-star tight end, huge guy. I mean, huge. He, he looked like an NFL guy by the time he was on campus already. And it's just funny because as fans, you hear about this, and you're like, oh, four-star tight end. Oh, he's going to be awesome. And then you hear he gets in trouble, and then you're like, wait, what's going on? And then gets kicked off the team and it's like, oh, he's stealing. And it's like, oh, okay. Makes sense. Now we know why he never panned out. You know, and then and then I always thought it was funny, too, because he ended up going to Texas A&M and was down there. He wasn't I mean, he started for him, but he wasn't anything special. But I had something like that at Memphis, too, where we had a guy who was a he's smaller, but he was a darn good weapon. He wasn't necessarily a wide receiver. He definitely wasn't a running back, but you get the ball in his hands and he was good. And he he played at Mississippi State as a true freshman. We got kicked off the Mississippi State's team. And as you like to say, talent will get you opportunities. And so he had a lot of talent. And so Memphis brought him in and yeah. he legitimately lasted halfway. Like he showed up in the summer, lasted halfway through fall camp and was gone because he was also caught stealing at <laughs> his teammates' lockers. And so it's like, not only are you stealing, which is just a POS, piece of garbage, not only are you not even stealing from teammates out of their cars or out of their homes, you're you're in our the sacred spot of the locker room, going in dudes' lockers and taking stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, just the worst of the worst. But you know, uh, kids are young, and you know, the guy that I'm talking about, he had two opportunities. He had an SEC school take him, and then a power, another power, you know, or a group of five school take him, and he just had sticky fingers. What What do you want? You want to sell that stuff for a couple hundred bucks? Like, give me a break. Was uh was he the was he the fastest? Uh, guy on Memphis who got there and then left while you were there? Was that the fastest one? No. No. Are you asking if he's the fastest person? No, 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 no. I'm saying oh. the fastest yeah. to getting kicked off. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, because he, yeah, he literally showed up. He didn't even make a season. He didn't, he wasn't even a season. He was there in the off season and kicked yeah. off before the season started. Uh, bonus, bonus big orange juice. The fastest I've ever seen someone join a team and leave a team. Pat Martin is a DB in my class, four-star. He showed up beginning of July and didn't make it through camp. He failed three drug tests in that amount of time. <laughs> they, they were not messing with him. And it was just like, all right, dude, like, you got to go. And these guys are idiots, too. We've told this on the pod before. When you hear about someone getting in trouble for drugs in college, and I don't know how it's changed, but when I was there, you legitimately had to be an idiot or a serious problem with addiction. Because when you hear someone getting in trouble for a failed drug test, it's not their first. It's like their fifth. 
I, I, I've always told this. I remember director of football operations coming up to me. It was in the middle of camp. I'd been there like a week or so. And I'm sitting there eating. You know, you're like thinking about quitting and you're thinking about, man, can I just have a high ankle sprain so I don't have to be in camp anymore? And I'm sitting there eating and he comes by, he slaps a piece of paper down. He goes, Reed, I need you to sign this. Hands me a pen. He goes, it just says that if you get caught smoking weed, the first time it's a warning. The second time we let your parents know. The third time we let your parents know and the school know, and you have to go through a thing. Fourth time you're out of here. And I looked at him. I was like, as I was signing, I was like, well, you don't have to worry about me, but like, is this for real? And he's like, sign four it. times, <laughs> yeah, four times, four times. The fourth time is when you're like gone. So yeah. you get three strikes and then the fourth you're out. I was like, how, how do you get caught that many times? Like, what are you doing? That's even if you like smoking weed, you can smoke it like three times and then stop. Like, Dumb, bro. Dumb. I know. And, and, you know, we had the same kind of thing, but there was always random NCAA drug tests. But the teams knew weeks before the NCAA drug tests were going to show up. And they would have in the team meeting say to guys, listen, if you fail this drug test, we cannot help you. This is an NCAA drug test. You will not be able to play for an entire year. Yeah. You will be unable to do any activities. Be prepared. They prepared dudes for that. Guys still failed it. Yeah. It's just, and, and like I said, like, I don't care if people, you know, people smoke marijuana. I, I could care less if that's what you want to do. I mean, there's plenty of people that will say drinking, drinking is way worse than marijuana. And like I said, people can argue all they want. I personally don't care. It's, it's someone owns, it's their own vice, what they want to do at their home. Yeah. I, do, do I wish that the NCAA or the NFL would just make it legal? Like it wouldn't affect me. Like let those guys do what they want to do. Like they're still going to get in trouble if they break actual laws. Mm. So like I get the people that want, you know, say, Hey, it's better for these guys to play a game and go smoke a joint or a bowl compared to going and popping pills. I listen, totally understand where you're coming from. I'm not going to argue with it. I don't, I don't smoke, but I, I know plenty of people that do. It's like, it's still a rule though. It's like, don't be an idiot. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's like, it just don't get caught. Like there are rules that are in place that are, might be dumb, but if it's still your employer or your opportunity to, you know, get a free tuition or go play in the NFL, like just don't be an idiot. But, yeah. Uh, Coach Dooley, his, uh, his, his speech to everybody was just like, Listen, I don't give a shit if y'all are smoking, but it's against the rules. It is against the law. If you want to change it, run for government. Then change the damn law. Hell, I'll smoke one with you. <laughs> Dooley, bro. He's like, I'll smoke one with you, but you got you got to run for government. You got to change the laws. It's against the law. What do you want me to do about it? <laughs> Oh, goodness. Uh, I, another thing about that story is, too, is I, I remember you telling it because you were like, yeah, I asked Mac and, and Tiny came and they're like, hey, I think someone stole it. And you weren't like scared to like go and find it, but you just didn't want it to be. You just thought it'd be better if more people were there. Kind of, It's kind of like, hey, let's resolve this as teammates peacefully. And I like you were like, I've always said, you're such a good, kind hearted guy. So, of course, you're not even mad about it. You don't no. you don't threaten to you know try to fight someone or get them in trouble you just say i would like to have my ipod back <laughs> that is it did you think you were going to get it back i wasn't sure um i had a good feeling that he would yeah. because i'm just like he knows he's caught 
and he knows that I can say, like, I'm his teammate. It's not like – I think he actually got caught for stealing, like, baseball players' laptops out of, like, Thornton or something. Um, but, like, I'm his teammate, so it's like, why would I lie about that kind of thing? And it's even more serious. So, well, um, had- what was that? And you had witnesses. Yeah. I mean, I, I told people, like, hey, like, it was obvious it was him. Yeah, I mean, I meant witnesses like you've talked with them. They approached him with you. They obviously thought that he was guilty when they, he just answered the door. Yeah, so. and I mean, what a great guy I am. Never freaking told on him. He was a dumb idiot did it again and got caught. Yeah, you gave him his one strike. I gave him his damn second chance. Shit. Too nice sometimes. First you got a chance at UT. Then he got a chance at Kyler Curbison University. Then at Texas. <laughs> oh. All right, brother. See you later. All right, man. Great pod. Bye. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. If you are watching, please like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and leave a comment. We absolutely love the comments. Love uh, talking to you guys on there. If you're just listening, rate and review, download and re-download, and follow us on all of those listening platforms you might be using also follow us on social media at pancakes and bacon uh for our main account on twitter and then at pancakes and bacon underscore rti on instagram uh at our bacon 26 for read on twitter and then at kyla kerbison for myself on all social medias uh really appreciate you guys you're the reason this thing keeps going so i just want to say thanks uh as always go vols